Welcome to the I Can Do That podcast. I'm Jem Fadling, spiritual formation coach, author, and founding partner of Unhurried Living. With 30 years experience in spiritual formation, I help people grow by combining grounded optimism with practical spirituality. This effective dynamic will guide you onto the path of discernment so that you can transform your hopes into habits. Each episode, I'll share one practical idea with one simple takeaway. Together, we'll grow at the pace of transformation and you'll move into your day saying to yourself, I can do that. I'm so glad you've joined me here. I really encourage you to go back and listen to the trailer and the first three episodes. They lay the foundation for what we're doing, and I think you'll find them very helpful as we begin our journey together. Now let's dig in. In the opening of this podcast, I mention grounded optimism. I like these two words together because they hold space for each other. Grounded keeps our feet on the ground as we acknowledge all parts of ourselves and our lives. Optimism keeps us hopeful and moving forward. Now, I see optimism on a spectrum that we can understand through the lens of three dynamics, positivity, optimism, and hope. Positivity is on the lowest rung because it doesn't always take into consideration what's really going on. It can easily become a form of denial as we push away the cold, hard truth and we place the Hello Kitty band-aid on the situation. Optimism, however, believes in good possibilities, and yet it doesn't deny the current circumstance. Yes, it may be difficult right now, but something else might be around the corner. Optimism is what causes us to lift our head up and look further down the road. And hope? Well, hope is the deepest and strongest dynamic of all. I believe that deep down we all have access to this gift of God. However, for many of us, it gets buried underneath all of the hard knocks of life. Hope can get uncovered over time as we make our way through our circumstances. Hope is that beautiful combination of two more life-giving dynamics, with and through, and it's with and through with God. So what does all of this have to do with loss? Well, loss is one of the ways we make our way from positive thinking all the way to hope. And it's not something we manage. It's a process that refines and shapes us from the inside out. There's no way around it. Loss is difficult, and that's an understatement. This is one of the great mysteries. How do we hold both loss and hope in our hands at the same time? Now, this is a long and winding road, but if you've been through any kind of loss, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Something in you shifts as shallow positivity gives way to hope. So today, I'd like to share a bit of my own story of loss and how it moved me to hope. It goes all the way back to when I was 26 years old, and I entered into a five-year span in which I encountered five severe losses, and it changed me forever. In the middle of that first year, my dad began to suffer some lower back pain. 
It increased so much so that it sent him to the doctor, and after some testing, they discovered that he had cancer of the spine, and they gave him just six months to live. The memory of this feels like a sock in the gut, but over the course of the six months, he continued to decline and became bedridden. The morning of his death was traumatic as my mom, my husband, and I attended to him until the home nurse arrived to help us. Forty-six days before my 27th birthday, I lost my dad. Now to add insult to injury, shortly after the funeral, my mom got sick, and I went up north again to attend to her as she had her gallbladder removed. Now, after returning home and back to work, I woke up one morning with large welts all over my body. So I went to the doctor, and he diagnosed it as hives. He nonchalantly asked me if I had been under any stress lately. Well, I explained, my dad just died, and then my mom had surgery. That'll do it, he said. My body was manifesting the stress that I had been under, and this was only loss number one. Loss number two came the next year when I suffered my second miscarriage. I had longed to start a family and had been trying for five years to get pregnant. It was a relatively early miscarriage, but this type of loss and grieving the future is always difficult. The might have been is quite heavy, and the extended, unmet longing was weighing on me. The following year, I got pregnant for the third time, and the short version is that it resulted in my firstborn son. However, late in the first trimester, they discovered a fibroid that was growing alongside my unborn baby. And there was the possibility that the fibroid would crowd and overtake my son, which could have resulted in a second or third trimester miscarriage. Now, needless to say, I carried a lot of anxiety as I endured months of bed rest. And just as a side note, my son is now 29 years old and is six foot five. God really took seriously our prayers that he would grow faster than the fibroid. Now, loss number three came the following year when our son was six months old. Alan was suddenly and inexplicably laid off from his pastoral position of eight years. Our whole lives were tied to that community, and it was a very heavy blow. And there's so much more to this story, but suffice to say it took many months for him to secure a new position, and the stress was quite heavy. Loss number four came in the form of an earthquake. We had moved to our new location after the job loss, but were still holding on to our former home. Then the Northridge earthquake hit, and things changed. We ended up having to let the home go into foreclosure, and it was another devastating loss with years of consequences. Loss number five occurred while I was three months pregnant with our second son. My mom went in for her second open-heart surgery to have a valve replacement, and unfortunately she had been a lifetime smoker and her heart and lungs could not bear the weight of the recovery, and she passed away. And this was the final devastating loss. So by the age of 31, I had lost my dad, two in utero babies, my husband's job, our home, and my mom. So if you include my bout with hives, it was 
very much like the life of Job. And yes, it was all extraordinarily difficult, just as it sounds. I left out all the details, and this was just a thumbnail, but the loss is still the same. Each loss came with its own set of anxieties and sufferings, and at the same time, we were surrounded by God and a loving community that prayed and sustained us through every single loss. We were upheld in grace and love through every grievous situation. Now, this season of loss was the first time in my life that I had the opportunity to make the dramatic shift from mere positivity all the way through to hope. And let's be real here. In the middle of severe loss, we aren't on a search for hope necessarily. In the middle, we are suffering, period. I'm not encouraging you to pull yourself up if you are in the middle of your pain. In the middle, we all do our best to simply put one foot in front of the other and make it through the day. What I'm offering today is this. The process of suffering does a work in you and then through you, but you do not need to make this happen. It's a part of the mystery of suffering. Every great biography's outline includes the suffering parts because it is somehow through them that the person overcame and became worth writing about. Now, Jesus is the model of this process of the death, the waiting, and the rising. Jesus suffered and overcame to give us life and to give us hope. Again, you can likely see from the story that I didn't manage this growth process. It simply occurred in me as I made my way through. As much as we don't manage or control, we can still cooperate. And that's everything. In my case, I was able to make the choice to hang on to God and to remain open to what He had for me in the midst. This was a great and gracious gift. Hope was born in this season, and I'm so grateful. Now, do I wish it could have happened another way? Of course. Who asks for suffering? No one. But I'm forever grateful for the deepening of my ability to persevere and to hang on in spite of circumstances. I'm not thrilled about the losses, and yet I'm grateful for what has been built in me. Over the course of my life, other losses have occurred, both inward and outward. So am I perfectly hopeful? No. But my hope runs deeper now than it ever has. It's a kind of knowing way deep down inside. Hope often has no words or feelings attached to it. It, it simply is. It's a soft and sturdy place to stand, and I believe it's actually God's presence itself. As I bring this to a close, I want to mention this again. If you are currently in the midst of tragic loss, right now is not the time to make sense of it or to even try to grow. It's simply time to experience it as hard as it is. Let grace hold you in the messy and painful middle. Hold on in this moment and then the next. And may God's great grace be with you as you make your way. Now, here's your I can do that for this week. If you are in a time of tragic loss right now, simply make your way through as best you know how. You don't have to analyze, control, learn, or conquer anything. 
Give yourself the grace of being in the midst. Try to remain held in the love and grace of God. It may be having a good cry or calling a friend to process your feelings, but take care of yourself as you make your way through this. If you are not in the valley right now, why don't you try this? Think back to a recent time of loss or pain. How did hope emerge for you? See if you can craft a refreshed narrative of God's grace in you, and now maybe even through you, as you have been more deeply formed by that experience. Remember, you're making your way forward one small, simple, and gracious step at a time. If you love what you just heard, please follow, rate, and review this podcast. This helps more people find us, and I really appreciate your help. You can also text this episode to a friend so they can join you on this journey. Together, let's move at the pace of grace and grow at the pace of transformation. If you'd like to connect with me and Unhurried Living further, I invite you to sign up for Unhurried Daily. For 40 days, we'll send you a brief daily email that will serve as a touch point for an unhurried inner pace. It's just a few sentences with a practical question, prayer, or tip. So sign up now on our website at unhurriedliving.com.